This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Wendy Christine, she's health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. And uh, we've been talking a lot about bloating. Even the subject has been sort of bloated. We'll be sharing the last episode of that with you in uh, a few moments. But first, let me greet Wendy. Hello, Wendy. You well today? Morning, Brad. Yes, thanks for you. I'm good. Not bloated. So that's a good start to our conversation good. since I had the audacity to ask you this question last week. <laughs> uh, so we've been touching on what causes bloating and we've worked our way through carbohydrates and sugars and dairy products and gluten grains. And we ended last week with sulfurous foods, which leaves us with just two more to chat about this morning. Yes, that's right. So today we're finally going to get to those FODMAPs. Yes. And we're going to look at the lectins as well. Okay, so let's get cracking. Um, I'm just going to share with uh, with others. We've been talking about bloating as a common symptom that most people experience from time to time. And bloating, can we just ask you this question before we move on to the lectins? Is bloating a normal part of everyday life and everyday experience? Well, it's normal to a degree. Um, any Anything in excess is not normal. So, you know, a person might feel a little bit bloated. They might have a little bit of extra gas, you know, because of something that they've eaten. But it's not really a normal symptom. It's something that is indicating that there's something wrong with whatever it is that has been consumed. Mm. So we shouldn't, you know, after we've eaten, we shouldn't feel bloated. We should feel nicely full. Um, our, our body should be able to work and function properly, but we shouldn't feel like, oh, we can't tie our pants up by the end of the day. That, that's, that's not really normal. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Okay, so where does lectins fit into our list of foods that are likely to cause bloating? So lectins come in with the beans mainly, but they oh, wow. are um, also present in wheat. Um, but yeah, your beans are your biggest source of lectins. So what are they doing inside of our bodies that are causing the bloating? So they bind to the gastrointestinal tract and they can disrupt and break down the absorption of nutrients and that in, in, in so doing causes that, that bloating and gas. And beans in particular can be poorly absorbed in the small intestine. So that allows the gut microbes much more time to feed on the sugars that they create. And that, it's that feeding on the sugars that creates the gas. Well, there's the answer to why those kind of things cause the gassiness. Well, thanks for sorting that one out for us. They should put this up in big writing in in school classrooms for the boys. Um, so, yeah. so the problem the problem is some people are saying if you don't eat these kind of things regularly. So please help us out here. You know, some like a like um, beans, yes, but also the lentils and the chickpeas and that sort of thing. If you don't eat it regularly, can it cause more problems than somebody who eats it regularly? Can one adapt to it easier? Help us to understand that. You, you can adapt to it more easily if you're eating them more regularly. Um, you can also use spices. There's a spice called hing or asafoetida oh. that is um, useful to add to those dishes. Also soaking your legumes for a lot longer, making sure they're well rinsed, cooked for a very long period of time helps to break down those lectins as well. So, right. And it depends. Some people can tolerate, sorry Brad, That's right. um, so, some can tolerate beans but they can't do lentils and others can do lentils and chickpeas but they can't do certain types of beans. So it just depends. Some are, the more carbohydrate dense they are, the more the problem can, can you know, affect you. Yeah, you mentioned the, uh, the word cooked. What about the ones you might buy in a tin, for example, in brine? I mean, those are generally cooked and quite soft. They are quite they are quite soft. I would still make sure that those are rinsed really, really well before consuming them. 
Okay, because they do have a bit of, almost want to say like a scum sort of a feel to that brine if you were to pour it out. That's right. And that residue, you know, when they've been sitting in the, in the fluid, it creates, uh, it creates a buildup in, in that liquid. So I would, I would want to rinse all of that liquid off before using them. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, uh, just on a little side note, interesting read on, on being able to use the water of chickpeas as some kind of a egg white replacement. What do they call it? Aquafava. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, some people do use that. Um, I'm not sure if they use the, the water of the tin chickpeas or if they use if you've soaked chickpeas naturally. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I, I, would, I would be fairly cautious about something that's been in a tin for any length of time. Yeah, and particularly what you've just mentioned now, you want to get that well rinsed off. And, uh, yeah. Okay, now we're moving to this one that confuses me, FODMAPs. I'm guessing that stands for something. It does, it does, and I hope I don't get tongue twisted this morning. Um, so FODMAP stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. So that's what FODMAP stands for. Okay. Um, and, and I'll break that down for you. They are all short-chain carbohydrates, and they're poorly absorbed in the small intestine, which causes the digestive distress. Okay. Um, now, your oligosaccharides, they're obviously all various forms of carbohydrates and sugars. Most things in our bodies break down into a sugar or a carbohydrate, or it starts as a carbohydrate and breaks down to a sugar. So this, so, this seems to me to be combinations of things, FODMAPs are things, it, if you combine it, things together. It, yes, it's very often combinations. So you find that you have to eliminate various foods out of various food groups. And there are all sorts of low FODMAP diets and charts and whatever is available. But I'll give you a breakdown of what a couple of those are and what they include. Please. Okay. So your oligosaccharides are present a lot in your cruciferous vegetables. Uh, sorry, your, yes, your cruciferous and your allium vegetables. So your allium vegetables are things like garlic and onion and leeks. Um, some of the cruciferous, so not all of them, things like Brussels sprouts. Um, also, you have crossings over with some of your legume products as well, so your beans um, as well. So the lectins and the FODMAPs can be problems. And then very ripe bananas would fall under your oligosaccharide category. Your disaccharides are, this is where your sugars start coming in. And these are things like sucrose, lactose, and maltose. So you would mm. think milk, um, especially the, the lactose part of the milk. Yes. You would think of sweetened things like beer and honey that use malt um, and sweet potato and instant coffee. I'm busy, then, I'm busy <laughs> reflecting on the last two weeks and this week and I just realized how much food we consume and a lot of the things we're assuming are good for us, and they are, um, but then it comes yes. down to the combinations. We, we should all be experiencing a certain level of this kind of bloating that you're referring to because this sounds like all the stuff that we consume on a daily basis. Well, it depends on your gut bacteria. So not everybody has unhealthy gut bacteria. And if you are able to break these foods down and they're able to pass through your body at the normal rate of digestion, then you shouldn't have a problem. Then you should be able to eat these foods. But it's when the gut bacteria are unhealthy, mm. there's not enough enzymes to break down, fermentation takes place in the body, and then you get this gassy experience. And that's when you want to start going back to gut health and supporting your body by perhaps doing a FODMAP um, diet, following a low FODMAP diet, so there's an elimination process that you follow, mm. looking at your food combinations, 
and taking note of which food, sometimes it's too difficult because there are so many. And that's why it's ideal to maybe follow a low FODMAP diet for a while. And then you start introducing, you know, maybe the sweet potatoes, which are healthy foods, but perhaps, you know, those will work for you, but they're not going to work for somebody else. So it is certainly a process to go through. Yeah, so uh, Wendy, just as we wrap this up this morning, um, can you just tell us one last thought on, on some important factors that we need to consider uh, to avoiding bloating and gas? Yes, so we want to look at our food combinations. So certain foods digest at different um, rates. So we want to make sure that we're eating the foods that digest at more or less the same rate. You don't want to be combining foods that, um, that digest quickly. Like you don't want to be eating a fruit salad after you've eaten your big steak and chips. For example, because the fruit is going to break down and digest very quickly. We want to look at our portion sizes. So our stomachs are only the size of our fists. We don't want to be eating these massive portions and putting a lot of pressure on the digestive system. And we want to chew slowly so that we can avoid consuming a lot of gas um, and um, some air with our food. And then obviously the gassy foods as well. If we avoid eating and drinking those with our foods, that helps too. So if you've been listening today for the first time and you're wondering about some of the other things on our list, the podcasts are available for you on our website, kpulpit.co.za. You click on the podcast tab and just go back to bloating uh, episode one and two. We'll have episode three up for you later on this morning. And if it's this issue you're having and working through, maybe you will realize exactly where you're at in this discussion and know how you can make things better for yourself. Wendy, thanks for spending so much time over the last three weeks helping us out with this. Clearly, it's important. Um, It's taken us three weeks to get through it. So thanks for your time and your expertise. And here's to some comfortable people all around today. So thanks so much for that. Yes, it's a pleasure, Brad. I do hope to have a lot more comfortable people around. It's not nice to feel bloated. (laughs) Have yourself a really good day. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Wendy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Brad. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.